Welcome to Bench Reactions, an NBA podcast brought to you by Farmer Zach. I'm your host, Patrick Hervey, and I'm joined today by all the Goblin Valley Dogs, Dan Lyons, Jason Lamprecht, Chase Baker, Zach Burnham. What's up, my nerds? Which two of us could sing the Farmer Zach theme song that would make it the most sultry? <laughs> At Farmer Zach. Zach. Zach and Chase, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think Wait, do so. Do I get to be I, the girl should... or the guy? I don't know. Am I Sam? Girl. <laughs> uh, Dan, you're not allowed to laugh. You don't know what we're talking about. Ha, ha, <laughs> ha. Ho, ho, ho. All right. Well, we're only going to have uh, Dan for a few minutes here before he has to jump off. So we'll we'll dive right in. On today's episode, we are running through our quarter season superlatives before we wrap up with Jason's Mud Pie moment of the week. But first, boys, we've got quite a bit of news of the week to get through. Let's let's uh, dive into this. So first item of news here. I actually did not know this until I pulled this up last night, but uh, Cleveland announced on Friday that Darius Garland will be out for at least four weeks due to a fractured jaw that he suffered against the Celtics last week. And then Evan Mobley will be out for six to eight weeks due to arthroscopic surgery on his left knee. Not great. Not great for the Cleve. Uh, how are we feeling about uh, how this will impact the, the Cleve moving forward, guys? I'm not sure I'm I'm in favor of the Cleve. <laughs> Look, we all want to flee to the Cleve. <laughs> yeah, Levin, we all want to go. But we have Cleave. responsibilities. Everyone, Does everyone know what that's from? 30 Rock. It's a 30 Rock reference. Anyway. <laughs> Back to my question about the Cavs. <laughs> Big gulps, huh? Uh, All right, see you later. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, was already not feeling super great about uh, the Cavs, just given their injury stuff up to this point and the fact that I, they just have not gelled the same way that they did last season. And losing Mobley and Garland for at least four weeks combined, and then Mobley is going to be off for longer than that. Uh, not feeling great, Bob. Not feeling great. How are you guys feeling? I'm feeling a Donovan Mitchell trade incoming. That's what I'm. Whoa! Thinking. From the top row. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Look, the Cavs are sitting at 14 and 12. I actually have them for one of our superlatives, so I won't get too deep into it. But you can maybe guess which one. And it just seems to me like losing these two very valuable players, key starters and members of their rotation, they're going to start to fall even further in the ranks. They're going to fall maybe even out of the play-in slots. And if that happens. One, I think Donovan Mitchell is not going to be happy. I wouldn't be surprised if he requests a trade. And two, he's going to – I just I just feel like what's the point of wasting the season and having to have that fight to re-sign him in the offseason when he has clearly shown interest in going places such as New York and Miami? So why not get some value for him now? And I think Miami's a prime suitor. And remind me that the – he does. He doesn't become a free agent this summer, right? He be, he would become an expiring, right? So right. it would be a yeah, question of more year, of whether he extends or not. But yeah, I mean, being the summer before the summer is now just the summer when it comes to free agency. So um, I was going to say the same thing. It's just terrible timing that they had. If they had the year that they had last year, this year, um, then it'd be great. 
they would have really good uh, leverage or kind of be in a good position to, to sign him long term. But the fact that they had the good year last year and now it's, it's a downturn and it's probably about to get worse. Um, you know, I, I was, <laughs> this, this kind of dovetails with my other thing, which is I, I thought that that Pistons game where they were close with Cleveland meant the Pistons weren't as bad uh, as we thought. Uh, maybe it just means Cleveland isn't as good as we Oh, hope. man. That's dark. <laughs> a real bummer. Uh, can, I, can I throw out just a, a what if here? I, I think part of the issue with Cleveland up to this point has been a, a little bit. It's ironic because they played together for a whole season last season, but it feels like there's been a little bit of kind of lack of role clarity. Is there any chance that this provides in a weird twisted way more role clarity for like a Jared Allen and a Donovan Mitchell and then some of the other role guys to potentially pop and them to be able to stay afloat for the next one to two months? I'd have to say no, just because right. <laughs> just shot down right away. Just, All right, Dan. No. So Dan's got to leave now. So Dan, <laughs> gotta go. Yep. Just <laughs> you know, locked in, target acquired, missile shot. No, Donovan Mitchell. For everything that he is, he's not a point guard. And when he and Garland play together, which is ostensibly what Cleveland wants, he is not the primary shot creator for his teammates. And Garland, I think, is a good shooter, but in his heart, he's a playmaker and a point guard. He wants his guys to eat. And Donovan Mitchell wants to eat, and he's good at it. But I don't think it's going to provide any sort of role clarity for him. Now, I guess Jared Allen, on the other hand, ostensibly he's the five and uh, Evan Mobley's the four. And with Evan Mobley out, the fours that they're going to put around him are going to be way different than the, the four that Evan Mobley plays. And that could be interesting just because they have run these giant lineups, you know, since they had Larry Markinen. And so now they're not going to be able to play the giant lineups that they've been used to. And so maybe Jared Allen will get a little bit more comfortable being the only rim protector. I don't know if comfortable is the right word, though. Regardless, knowing that the Bucksots at him for defense might maybe boost his stats, but I don't know about clarify because really they're based around we're going to be bigger than you, which is even stranger because last year the Knicks, even though that they were smaller than them, they were still bigger than them. And so, yeah, clarity, I don't know if if, if it's the right word. I think that they're going to try some different line, lineups where he's the only true big on the floor, and that could be interesting, maybe, maybe a little spicy, but I can't see – anything sort of clicking for them because I don't see any like addition by subtraction here, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And for the record, I don't think they're going to be better. I just want to, I just want to say that. I don't think they're going to be better. <laughs> I will say Donovan had 13 assists last night. So I do think he has it in him to be a playmaker. Um, he's shown flashes in the past for sure. I just think that his role in Utah and his role here so far has been a kind of run and gun type of guy. Um, I mean, they beat the Hawks last night. So Ah, yeah. ah. Well, the, well, the Hawks suck. <laughs> we will we will talk about the Hawks in in a minute uh, when we get to superlatives. Don't you worry. Pretty birds. Pretty birds. <laughs> <laughs> the pretty bird Hawks. That's pretty good, actually. I think we should stick with that new nickname. Well, let's yeah. let's move on for the sake of time. The next piece of news uh, was was a little surprised to see this. Daryl Morey signed an extension with Philly that will keep him with the Sixers through the twenty twenty seven twenty eight. 
season, it turns out all you need is like six weeks of good vibes with the Sixers for their front office to forget about everything that happened in the last six months. Um, am I crazy for thinking this is crazy? Like we're talking well, about another probably, four or five years. He probably just commissioned a painting of uh, now just to get Maxi. <laughs> he painted over the Harden painting and it's Maxi. That's got to be in there now in his bathroom. So he's got to get some mileage out of it. You know, See, my question was like, I wonder if he financed or if he's still currently financing the James Harden painting. And so he uh, he needed some extra capital. But genius club, <laughs> absolute genius club move right there. Look, he looks he looks like a genius right now. Like, I wonder if he is now like walking around telling everybody that his plan was to like get out from under Ben Simmons by getting Harden and then get out from under Harden to kind of like dig this team out of all of the cap hell that they were in but they look amazing man the vibes are great and like honestly like just look at like what happened with texas a&m and jimbo fisher uh, i know it's a college football podcast but like these organizations these sports organizations are so rich that like they'll extend him and if things go bad they'll fire him and pay him all the money anyway they don't care i don't think that's exactly what this contract is but i'm gonna go a little crazy because we have been very hard on Daryl Morey. I have been very hard on Daryl Morey. And there's at least a possibility that he did plan all of this. This is exactly what he was going for. He actually waited for the deal to come to fruition that he wanted. And he's constructing this team. And he he and he he chose Tyrese Maxey and knew that Maxey was going to be a star. And that's why he wouldn't include him in Damian Lillard trade talks and that sort of thing. It's at least a possibility you have to consider. I mean, around the league, He's very highly considered as one of the best GMs that there is, presence of basketball operations. And I've always wondered why. Well, maybe there's something to what the, what the talk is. I, I don't know anymore. I don't know. Philly looks good. And he went and got Nurse. Like, I, I, you just can't argue with the results. Um, and they have been better the last three years than they were the years before. I mean, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I don't like it, but. Yeah, I I. My only counter would be then why waste last season? Like why trade for Harden in the first place? Right? Like the Halliburton trade was that like on the table at some point? I feel like there was there were definitely Halliburton rumors for Ben Simmons, but but he held out. Am I crazy for thinking that? I mean, I don't know if any of us predicted Halliburton would be this good, but it looks bad in retrospect, but maybe not at the time. He clearly went and got Harden and thought Harden could be who he was in Houston and the perfect pairing with Joel. And he got that wrong. You know, even the best GMs in all in all of the major sports make those kind of errors. And I'm, I don't want to say he's still president of the Genius Club. I don't want to say he's great. I don't know. I just don't know anymore. I don't know what the truth yeah. is. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Enough. Dar- enough. Daryl Moore talk. <laughs> let's move on. Uh Let's move on to the Bucks. Giannis set the Bucks franchise record with 64 points against Indiana and then chaos <laughs> ensued after the game ended. Is there anyone that wants to walk us through uh, what happened at the end of the game? Because I'm not sure I could capture it in a cohesive way, to be honest. If no one else has the, has the, the nitty gritty of it, I feel like I feel like I did a decent job of going through the tweets. Um, so, <laughs> so obviously, uh, 
uh, Bucks are playing the Pacers. They already have a little bit of beef because they played in the semis in Vegas just a week just a week before or whatever. Um, and so Giannis goes off um, according to the tape uh, unearthed by Wob in one of his classic Wob investigations on Twitter. Um, a Pacers assistant coach grabbed the game ball as the game was ending um, and took it with him to the locker room. Uh, Giannis seemed to be looking around for it, asking around, found out it was in the locker room and sprinted into the locker room where uh, an unknown number of Bucks and Pacers players were both uh, located or followed him or something. Um, uh, it's unclear where if the ball resurfaced from the locker room. There are allegations made, I think, by uh, Rick Carlisle that one of his assistant coaches was elbowed in the ribs during this tunnel fracas uh, over the game ball. Um, Carlisle came out afterwards and explained that the reason they grabbed the ball is because it was uh, Pacers legend Oscar Tshibwe's first NBA point that night. Um, and that... <laughs> And that there were two game balls, that there's the real game ball and there's an alternate game ball. And I think Rick Carlisle said something along the lines of, we would have, we, we're fine with just keeping the alternate, but um, this, was not, uh, this was not negotiated in advance. So it was negotiated with big, strong NBA bodies. Um, and so then I guess they, they came back out of the tunnel there were some discussions where um, Giannis was yelling at Tyrese Halliburton while Dame just stood by looking actually kind of amused, <laughs> which was pretty funny uh, because I, as Dan might know, like I, I kind of just like sit and giggle when even when my friends kind of are arguing with each other. Um, like, I throw back to like 2012, uh, a funny incident that happened. But anyway, um, so um, I think that's pretty much all of it. Uh, it is still unclear if Giannis got the game ball back. Uh, it has never been confirmed or or uh, specified. So there you go. On a level of one to ten, what what's the level of like just how terrifying it would be to have Giannis running at you full speed <laughs> with steam coming out of his ears? I just I love that the Pacers' reaction to all this was like we're we're trying to figure out the guy. We're all just trying to figure out the guy that did this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like rick carlisle's explanation was just an absolute joke. hot dog like, suit explanation yeah. yeah that was word soup it was word soup oh it was so bad it was so so bad but lots of entertainment in that game period i mean i don't know if you guys caught the uh bobby portis crazy eyes when neesmith kind of took Giannis out on a drive it was like oh my gosh there's a lot of uh there's a lot of of drama brewing between these two teams these two teams and i'm here for it little little budding rivalry perhaps all right well we, we may have to go back to jay on this next piece of news because detroit lost their 23rd game in a row last night getting absolutely blown off the court by milwaukee jay <laughs> how are you feeling man how are you feeling in uh in the d probably not great i'm guessing it's been a little rough look we all, if you're paying close enough attention, everyone knew once they hit 20 that they were going to hit 23. It was a guaranteed outcome because the next three games were Bucks, Sixers, Bucks. Um, 
and those teams are healthy rolling balling right now so um everyone knew it was going to go from 20 to 23 now whether it goes from 23 to 24 um i forgot who their next game is but i think it's like is that um, jazz or is that that's yeah know, maybe it's, it's, it's hawks okay. oh it's the hawks, oh, it's jazz. The hawks. well yeah hawks have been pretty well, bad too <laughs> Pretty birds. Pretty birdie. I mean, look, uh, uh, playing chestnut checkers out here, really building a nice lead for uh, the number one lottery odds, which unfortunately were smoothed five years ago so that the top three are the same. <laughs> and the but, Spurs uh, have been almost just as bad. That's right. Wait, can Except I actually... Um, the Lakers, but... Can I read you some posts from... Um, from uh, uh, Pistons Reddit. Um, yes, you already please. know about one of them, which is Oof. should the Pistons kill five of their own players to initiate like an emergency Dark. hardship draft? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> one of them says, I think this is my favorite though. It says, fire the mayor of Detroit. If I know anything about this city, it's that there's probably a city official who is partly responsible for this. <laughs> oh man and then there was one that was like uh that's like there are more colors in the pistons logo than the pistons have wins this season and and then uh this is a classic one for this group there are more marvin bagley's in the world than the pistons have wins (laughs) so the pistons fans are just cooking right now um, no, there may not be a fan base better prepped to, to deal with this than Detroit. Um, what is dead may never die. And that might just apply to the jokes. It just might apply to making jokes. Well, I'm thinking about like their young core. I'm like Cade Cunningham. He just came off of having uh, four points going into this game. So he's thinking like, okay, you know, I don't know where I'm at, where this team's going to be at in the season, but you know, let's try to show out against the bucks and he, you know, dropped 25 points but to still just get throttled, like, that's just got to be demoralizing. Like, you think about blow by blow, like, sure, every loss is going to hurt, but every, you know, every four, five, or six losses uh, or so just feels like a harder, harder punch in the face. And last last night, uh, their loss certainly felt that way, right? Cade's, Cade, you know, feeling def- probably really deflated despite, uh, you know, kind of getting back on the points board, and it, and it didn't really amount to anything. I just don't really understand why they're so bad. (laughs) Sorry, Zach. Like they have talent on the team. I don't understand. They do. The real question is: Are they going to be worse than the Bobcats, 2012 Bobcats? It's really hard to win less than seven games, but I mean, when you lose 23 in a row, I think what 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 is the record? Is it 28? Is that what? 26. The, it yeah. was the Cle- it was Cleveland the year after LeBron left, but like we're. Oh no! I thought it was the Sixers. I thought it was the process was Sixers it? is what I saw. Um, no. But anyway, I don't know. Anyway, anyway. It's twenty. I know it's twenty. Not great. Games, but like not great got, company. We've got Atlanta and we've got Utah. I mean, I, I think those are probably their best shot right over the next couple games to to get one. But like, holy cow, man! Like we could be looking at over twenty six games. Which again, I just with the talent they have on the team, it's just mind-boggling to me um well speaking of speaking of mind-boggling we're going to go to our last piece of news before we move on to our, our next segment which is really not actually not that mind-boggling when you think about it Draymond green was suspended indefinitely after striking in quotations Yusuf Nurkic in the face during a game against the Phoenix Suns this last week 
uh, Draymond got on the microphone afterwards and issued a, I don't know, half-hearted semi-apology. Like, I think what was ironic about it is he's like, I, I apologize to Nurk. I was like, you walked away from him after it happened. Like, there's video proof that you didn't actually apologize to him. So, um, I mean, look, I, I, I think it's well documented that I have not been the biggest Draymond fan uh, in during his career. I respect him um, and what he brings on the court. But his shenanigans, I feel like, have just culminated right now into this just I, I don't know what's going on with him this season. But what were you guys' reactions to hearing that he uh, he's been suspended indefinitely with no timetable for return? I think it's probably the right move by the league to allow the Golden State Warriors to sort of dictate how to handle this and I think that they will handle it appropriately. One thing I can't fault the Warriors on is that they've been a very professional organization during this entire run. Um, so I think they'll be able to handle it. And anything that we could really say about this Draymond Green punch or hit, whatever you want to call it, like Zach Lowe did it way better. Uh, it was just perfect, everything he had to say. I just... I feel like it is the death throes of uh, of this player, of this team, you know, and he's trying desperately. I don't know. It's got to be related to that. Maybe there's something in his personal life. I don't know. But it seems like it's just related to basketball and recognizing his mortality, recognizing the Warriors mentality. The vibes on that team are awful. I don't know what's going on with Andrew Wiggins. He never came back last year from, from uh, whatever his personal issues were. So... It's it's kind of weird to see how how quickly this team has collapsed. I was I was in a sense like feeling somewhat vindicated, also as vocally uh, myself on this pod, not being like a huge Draymond fan. One other thing, I listening to Zach's Zach Lowe's bit the other day that you know he said in praise of Draymond, despite you know having these perennial all time three point shooting, all time great all stars around him, you know Draymond still probably would have had a similar role to fill and been great on any team. And, you know, the way that he plugs in and enables his other guys is great. Uh, for whatever reason it is, it just feel, it felt to me like I was like vindicated in my not being a fan of him, but very quickly it just felt, I don't know, like it's probably an on the court thing. Like you just said, uh, you know, Zach, like maybe he's realizing his mortality and maybe there's just something he can't handle about that. But like, I've seen stuff like this, come out in the news where months later some on-court issue is then backed up by like a oh so-and-so was going through something and uh on in in, in their personal life i'm so i I, like my eyes gonna be on the news i I half expect something to come out in the next six to nine months where you know something will come to the surface i don't know human beings are like that like there's 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 always there's always some pain point causing something like this this usually never comes out of the blue uh and to me it's so unprecedented like that Nurkic slap, open hand, whatever you want to call it, a helicopter like punch. It looked like looked like something out of a Mortal Kombat game. That just did, that was not that was not a basketball move, not at all. So because, to me, that that Nurk said it was like a touched him on game. the hip. <laughs> like, what's going on here, man? Yeah, it's just, this is Draymond yeah, Green who was... sets like seventy five moving screens every game. It's just. The irony, look, like I, I, I agree with what you're saying, Chase. I think there, there must be something else going on. At the same time, I do think that you know Golden State is is culpable in things playing out the way that they have. I mean, they have enabled this dude for over ten years to get away with the crazy stuff that he's gotten away with, which has led to 
a higher lack of accountability from him. I I think in general, he's a guy who's just unapologetic for um, what he does. And I think that part of that is a big part of that is who he is, right? Like you get, you, you, you get the good and the bad with Draymond. And sometimes there's, it's pretty, it's pretty gray between those two things because what makes Draymond Draymond is that fire is that passion. He's the guy that's getting, getting his guys up for this, these big competitions, you know, these, these big games. Um, But, you know, you look back in time, like he's kicking people in the nuts. He's getting suspended from finals games that swing the finals completely. And the whole time, Golden State has never, ever kept him accountable for any of those actions. I mean, even even dating back to the Jordan Poole incident last season, he was, quote, in quotes, suspended indefinitely. And then the dude came back for ring night and played game one. I mean, he didn't miss any games. And there was that weird video that he released basically saying like, yeah, I don't regret, I don't regret it. Like he basically deserved it. So I hope that this is an opportunity for him to like regroup for the Warriors to think about like, what is the best course of action moving forward? But I actually wonder if the Warriors are going to reach a point or have reached a point where they're like, we're just done dealing with this extra stuff. He doesn't bring enough on the court now to justify his behavior. And I wonder, actually wonder if he's suspended for like 15, 20, 25 games, do they at some point just go, it's time for us to to look for something else. We're going to give the, the young guys some run and um, they owe it to Steph, man. That's the biggest thing for me is like you guys have failed Steph the last couple seasons since that championship. It's time to, to figure out what this looks like moving forward, whether that's with Draymond or not. Yeah, I don't think he's missing. He's going to get suspended for that long. Uh, it'll probably be in like the five to ten games max. He already got the five game suspension, so I think it'll be similar to that. But well said, Patrick. That was that was really good, man. Thank you. I've had a lot of time to think about the Warriors over the last ten years. They've been in my my head a lot. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, our quarter season superlatives. We've been kind of waiting to roll this segment out as we hit the sort of you know quarter mark of the season. Most teams have played in that kind of twenty to twenty five games. Uh, region so we're gonna dish out some quarter season superlatives let's just jump right into it boys i'm gonna i'm gonna throw out um each superlative i'll i'll, I'll throw it to one of you guys to give your answer and then um, if, if anybody ha- else has a different answer we can kind of go rapid fire around the horn that way so the first superlative we have is biggest surprise zach i'm gonna kick it over to you what is your biggest surprise of this season up to this point 100 no doubt in my mind it's the minnesota timberwolves I said it last week that I'm still not fully on board with them being a contender, um, but third in net rating, best defense, uh, a middling offense, but uh, it's at least competent enough to, to win games thanks to Anthony Edwards. And they're still a quarter of the way through the season. They're tied with the Celtics for best record in the league. Uh, it's shocking. It is surprising. It's, it's the biggest surprise. Who had a different answer then? I mean, I think... Jay and I were both on on Minnesota Island Peninsula, you know, lake formation. Since there's a lot of lakes in Minnesota, um, it looks like Jay. Jay, you had a you had a different answer. What's your answer for for biggest surprise? I have a different answer as well. I certainly cannot say that them being this good was not a surprise. This is a, it is a surprise that they're this good, um, and the way that they've gotten there. Because I I think Ant weirdly hasn't been as good as I as I hoped. Um, though he's been awesome. Um, 
My my answer is is between two teams, but it's got to be the Orlando Magic, dude. I, that's my I, answer too. <laughs> I'm I'm out I'm out of my mind about this. I did not see this coming at all. Um, and I you know again like they they didn't address or it did it seemed like they didn't address any of the things that made them not as good last year. Um, but they just I guess got better at the things that they that made them okay. Um, and now they're firmly in the playoff push. Um, 16 and eight is insane. I would have never seen that coming. They're eighth in net rating, man. Like it's just, it's insane. Their offense is still not great, but their defense is top 10 and with their personnel was not expecting this in any way, shape or form. Yeah. 16 and eight. I think, are they second in the East still? I think they're second in the East right now, if not third. No, they've, they've dropped a little bit. They're, they're fourth, I think. No, oh, th- okay. yeah, fourth. Um, Still, but I mean, I mean, they're right where we hoped the Hawks would be. Uh, yeah, oh, but, gosh. Yeah, we'll get to the um, Hawks. <laughs> but I mean, somebody tell me, like, am I taking crazy pills? Like, how is this roster significantly different than last year? Joe like, Ingles, right, Chase? It's like, Joe Ingles, and I think it's just got to be an extra trip to Disney World or something. Because I don't know either. <laughs> like, I'm it's the churros. It's the churros from Disney Isaac? World. Being healthy. I don't even think Jonathan Isaac's been playing that much, has he? He's been playing like 15 minutes a game. Yeah, it helps. But he's he definitely helps on defense, no doubt. Yeah. Joe Ingles yeah. has been a, a locker room presence like I predicted he would. Uh, I'll go back. I could go back and find the receipts, but reports have just been that it's like good vibes, uh, good vibes tribe 2.0. That, that was a, uh, a phrase coined uh, in the locker room of the Jazz when Joe and Jordan Clarkson is kind of more centered around that that term but uh he's gluing some of those uh those youngins together and i think that's at the very least helping uh you know support uh you know kind of gluing the younger dudes on that roster together i think for what what like i think there's something to be said about the fiba experience for paulo and franz and maybe even maybe even mo wagner <laughs> like he was he was on that team too for germany um They've just carried those vibes into the season, and uh, I think adding Anthony Black has been huge too. He's been really good as they're kind of slotting into the, the starting point guard spot. And then Jalen Suggs, man, he's taken a leap this season, which has been so nice to see in hindsight when we did our uh, segment around who we were buying low on. I had him as my second person, and I know you guys aren't going to believe me because you can't see the receipts, but I went with Clay, which was a mistake. I should have gone with Jalen Suggs. He's just been a dog on defense this season, man. And having him and a guy like Anthony Black, who's just super long at the point of the at the point of attack, and then you've got Paulo and Franz and uh, Goga, right? Our our guy Goga Batazzi, um, cleaning cleaning up the glass. It's been it's been solid. Um, Houston Rockets. I'm gonna throw them out too as a a big surprise. I again, I know I had them as somebody that I expected to go over on the over under, but their over under was like 32 and a half games. They're 13 and nine right now, and they're ninth in net rating this season, which is just absolutely insane given their personnel. They've they've shown an incredible amount of growth, and um, I've been just shocked at how competitive they've been. It turns out Dylan Brooks might be a <laughs> a good NBA player. Who saw that coming? Well, I mean, if he continues just to stare down the other team for about five minutes before every game, just stand there and look at them motionless like he did this last time, 
there's no end to what he want to you know what he'll be able to do. He torched Memphis, super- man. He torched Memphis. It was kind of he hit a dagger three against him at the end of the game, which is staring yep. the crowd down. It was actually kind of cool. Poetic. Yeah, yeah, right. Like you gotta love those narratives. Um, I'll say really quick one one thing I'm surprised about, which. Zach, I know you'll, you know, this, this is, this doesn't fall in the lines of like, like the real spirit of the question, like biggest surprise for the season. I'm, I will say I'm very surprised that uh, it's my bias that the Clippers have really turned it around uh, with Harden. I, I, I kind of wanted them to tank, I admit, right? Cause I, I just thought it was going to be Brooklyn Nets 2.0, like a two or three, you know, couple big all-stars adding another all-star. This isn't going to work. And, you know, you had um, P.J. Tucker saying that there's not enough basketballs. <laughs> he's so around. unhappy. It's unbelievable. It's actually crazy <laughs> to watch him on the bench during these games. He's so mad. Dude, this comedy, man. It's, it's so it's I, I feel bad for the guy. But they, seventh, seventh in the league in defensive rating. Like, come on. Like, they're actually playing defense with Harden, Harden as a core part of the squad. He's 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 playmaking. He can turn he can turn on that playmaking notch better than Donovan Mitchell can, because uh, James Harden has had much more time in that role to do that, and it's a more of a go to for him. I mean, I think he's happy playing, you know, with with Kawhi and PG. So I'm surprised, given how things were like what three or four weeks ago, that uh, they've really you know turned it around so quickly. Yeah, they look incredible. Kawhi looks. I thought, I thought you were going to say incredible. something about how the Mariners started tearing everything down and. I was like, well, how, could be, how could that be surprising? It's just the Mariners being the Mariners. Sorry. Oh, uh, yep. Nothing surprising. Uh, next week on on the next week's episode of uh, Dugout Reactions, we've got Zach going on. Uh, someday, man, we're building out the hey, universe. Man, I love it. I love it. No, I just gave up with that on the spot. That's pretty good. Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, our next superlative, which is biggest disappointment. I have a feeling we'll probably have lots to talk about in this section. Jay, let's get it. Let's get it started with you. Biggest disappointment of the season so far. So I, I, it's between two teams, um, but so it's like it, there's one team that's out of the play-in that we thought could be an actual championship contender, and there's one team that we thought might be in the top five in their conference that is also out of the play-in. So I think by those standards, it has to be the first team. It's the Warriors, dude. Like, it's the Warriors. Yeah. Uh, that, that I think enough has been said about that situation. Um, uh, if I could cash out my Steph Curry MVP bet for one cent right now, I would take it. <laughs> I would take it. Yeah, I would take mine back, and I'd even bet real money on it. But um, they, again, I mean, I, I know I just said this, but, like, you got to do better for Steph, man, because he still looks like a top five guy for sure in the league. And... I mean, the young guys have looked pretty good as of late, so we'll see. But um, if they want to be like a legit contender, I just they got I don't benched see it, man. a couple nights ago in favor of and Wiggins and Wiggins. Pajemski's looked really good, it. man. Kaminga. I've watched more Warriors ball than <laughs> I would like to admit. Um, maybe it's some sick part of me that enjoys seeing them in pain. But they won last night. They beat the Nets. In terms of Cam uh, Cam's forty-one of BPM, points. Of plus minus, Andrew Wiggins has been the worst player in basketball this year. Wow. And I think that tells a wow. bigger story, even than Draymond or Clay. Because Wigg- Wiggins is one of those like essential glue guys, the fourth guy who just sort of brings everything together, a big wing, which is the kind of player Steph needs next to him. Uh, it was Clay for a while. Wiggins sort of stepped into that role when Clay got hurt a little bit. 
they still have some pieces that they can move. So I'm not 100% out on them this season. Not making any noise, not making the playoffs, that sort of thing. But man, it, it has been rough. That's a good one, Jay. Dude, I mean, Wiggins was potentially, I think, arguably their second best player for the championship run in 2022. Uh, it was like it was like he was ascendant. I think that team had a ton of like a ton of like first day of school energy, first week of school energy. Like, like it's you know where you're just like really on top of your stuff. You're really excited to be back. You're your best self, and now they're like it's like March, and they're like just 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 riding out the end of the year. <laughs> trying not to feel all their finals. I also think that that if it, it, like when Steph when Steph's career ends and we look back on like what were the biggest moments of his career like that that whole playoff run has to be at the top of the list. Like he carried absolutely carried that team especially in the finals game 4. Go back and watch the tape. Just ridiculous ridiculous stuff. Um I got to give a shout out to the Hawks. We we knew it was coming. Uh this team has been so incredibly disappointing. They're 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 two and eight in the last ten games. Uh, they somehow have a negative net rating on the year, uh, despite having uh, the fourth best offense in the league. They have the twenty seventh ranked defense. I mean, they're just they're terrible. They're they're not fun to watch. Like, and I'm disappointed in the Hawks. I'm also disappointed in Hawks fans because if you go on Twitter, there is a lot of narrative around we just need to get trey more help man trey needs more help he can't do it all on his own i'm like are you serious we're still having this conversation after however many years of just the same thing over and over he's gonna get his stats every game and they're still gonna come up short because guess what he's one of if not the worst defender in the entire league and I just don't know how you put together a team around Trey Young that's actually a winner. I know they had that run a few years ago um, you know, I don't want to rehash my thoughts on <laughs> on their Eastern Conference Finals run and how they got there. Mirage, but man. that's what it feels like for sure. That's what it feels like. It took Ben Simmons, you know, complete meltdown for them to to get there. But um, I just thought, I mean, you know, they, they're they're great on offense. We were expecting that from Quinn. Their defense is just horrific, and I think it's time for them. I don't I don't know who's going to trade for Trey, but it's time for them to take a hard look in the mirror and change some stuff up because it ain't working. I've been on the trade tray train whoa alliteration right there for a long time and i mean hawks fans you got to give it to them they're supporting their star it's very hard to like have a star and be like yeah we should trade him but i think anyone with an unbiased mind or able to look with un- with no bias at uh at trey knows that he needs to go um there are so many possible answers to this disappointments question i feel like this season has been full of disappointment Mine has to go to the to the Grizzlies. Um, it's a good one. I thought that they would be able to be at least near 500 without Jaw. They still have a very deep team. Granted, they've had a lot of injuries to some very key players. So that didn't help. But Desmond Bain has looked fine. Uh, it's just it's just been like pathetic. There's like no there's no sense of identity on that team right now without Jaw there. The vibes are awful. And I feel like Triple J has carried over some of that Team USA stuff. He just has not looked good. He hasn't looked like an all-star. And this was sort of his opportunity to prove that he was, especially after the bad summer. Um, so I'm interested to see how impactful Jaw can be when he comes back and if they can kind of right the ship, at least to some degree. I, I don't know, though. It's been it's been horrendous so far. 
Yeah, I mean, I think their track record without Jaw in recent years tricked us a little bit, unfortunately. I mean, those sample sizes, I think, just weren't quite big enough for those results to to stick. Um, also, they were just the, the rest of their players were just better and they had less injuries um, when Jaw was Tyus out Jones. previously. Tyus Jones, baby. Tyus Jones, dude. Yeah. Also, um, is it time for me to flip back on Marcus Smart and be like, this guy sucks. He's everything he <laughs> did in Boston was a fraud. <laughs> um, no, I thought he was going to be good for this team. I mean, honestly, the only reason I'm, I don't feel exactly this way about them as a, like a surprise disappointment is I did not think they were going to be starting uh, Bismack Biombo and um, and uh, big body Dave Roddy for this many games <laughs> big body Roddy. of the season. So you know, is what it is. Chase, any uh, any any disappointments for you before we move on? <sighs> uh, it's we've sort of belabored this throughout the last three pods, but you know. The Pistons, not just because they're a young, ex- still like high potential, exciting core, but because like I was so excited for Monty Williams to show up and whip these guys into shape and say, "Hey, look, the Suns thing was a little weird how it ended, but like it was still overall generally good vibes what he did uh, in Phoenix." And I'm like, he's gonna bring that energy, that really positive energy to the Pistons, and. It feels still like time is on his side. It, this is going to be a bad season, but I would I would actually lean towards the Pistons not firing him after this season. This as if to say, like we got to give him some time. This you know this is a this is a new assortment of players on the roster. Um, Bojan Bogdanovich, maybe they'll offload his his cap space, but uh, you know it. There the only there had the only bad vibe. There haven't been any other like win-loss record related bad vibes in, in the locker room other than just we stick. So I'm holding out for the Monty Williams experience to really help change their their stars. That's the biggest disappointment to me about the Pistons specifically is is not seeing Monty Williams' greatness manifest just yet. A lot of apologies to Dwayne Casey out there these days among Pistons fans. Dwayne Casey was a good coach, y'all. Yep, yep. Put some respect on his name. All right, let's let's uh, let's flip things around. Let's let's go with team with the ve- team with the best vibes. Zach, what you got? I think the very obvious answer is Indiana. So I'll let someone else talk about that because there's only one reason why this team is not number one, and that's because of one uh, Josh Giddy. He brought the vibes down in Oklahoma City, but outside of that, it's the Thunder, man. Let's maybe go. it's just because I've watched them more than any other team, or maybe it's because they're young and they're hungry and p- sort of playing up to the talent that they've been, uh, that they've had and they've been building during these years of rebuild. Um, but I, they're for real and they, they're only re- really missing like one piece to be a real title contender. And I don't know if that piece is like a Siakam or a Markinen that we've talked about, if those guys will even be available. And I'm not sure that making a move is the right thing for these vibes because uh, they're just so good right now. But there's one specific reason why the vibes are so good, and that is Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He has become, and I don't say this lightly, 100% top five player in the league. Uh, I have him right now third in the MVP conversation. 
and that is mostly out of respect to Embiid and and Jokic and what they've done for years. But Shea is just as good as either of them have been. I mean, he's at, he has he's averaging 30, 30 points a game on 54% shooting, 90% from the line again, had both of those last year. Uh, he has a career high at six and a half assists. And what's setting him apart this year is that he's playing defense at all defensive levels. Leads the league in steals. He's probably the best. Dort takes a lot of the point of attack defense. But Shea is probably the best weak side help defender, at least in the backcourt, in the entire league this year. So uh, he's been – I just I think he's as good as Jokic and Embiid, and I think he's one of those guys who is, like, good enough to be the best player on a championship team already. And Thunder on their way, man. So good vibes only. Team with the best vibes minus Giddy. So it's Indiana, but yeah. it's the Thunder. Yeah. I just to add to that, uh, the Denver game last night. Go if if you haven't caught the clip of Shea's game winner, just watch Trey Mann's reaction on the bench. He a knows it's going in before it actually goes in, and he starts celebrating. And b the dude has played like zero minutes the entire season after getting some pretty good run his first couple seasons in the league. For him to celebrate the way that he did. To me, it was just like, okay, yeah, the vibes are at an all-time high on this team. Um, Indiana, uh, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that their sort of run-and-gun style of play has been super, super fun to watch. I think Halliburton is electric on the court, super charismatic as a leader. I will say they, they've, they haven't looked super great the last couple games, so I think they're hovering around 500 now from a record standpoint. But um, I think all those guys really love each other, and that, that definitely you know has a lot to do with, uh, with Halliburton's leadership for sure. My answer is Philly. Like, you can see that the hardened weight is off of their necks. They're so happy. And the biggest evidence of that is Marcus Morris this week, who was one of the surliest, most unhappy people in Clipperland for many years. Everyone hated him, uh, but I think on the team and, and in the fan base uh, among the Clippers. And this week he gave this interview where he's just talking about how happy he is to be in Philadelphia, how he grew up a Sixers fan, how he grew up an Eagles fan, he, how he was wearing AI jerseys as a kid. And he's they're like these guys that just otherwise were malcontents are just happy as clams in Philly. And it's just great to see a team led by two really great elite vibes guys, I think, in Embiid and Maxi, um, uh, kind of adopt those vibes. So they may not be the best team in the league, but they obviously, they have honestly an argument for that, but I'm totally good vibes just because I know what it's like to see a team that just got rid of a guy that everybody hates. And like, that's the strongest way to have great vibes. All right, let's. Uh, this next this next one is kind of carryover from best vibes, but um, best league pass team. So random Tuesday night, who are you watching on league pass that uh, that people maybe don't typically think about? I'll I'll just say I mean if well with the very end of your question that people maybe don't typically think about maybe changes or my just whoever a bit, I mean I'll... no 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 whoever whoever you're whoever you enjoy watching the most. I do these days. I seriously, I'm not, I'm not pandering to the audience of this podcast. I check, I check in on OKC like seriously every night. Uh, like you mentioned, Zach, the Josh Kitty thing is still like a little bit of a smudge at the moment, but it's kind of a small smudge in regards to thinking about them on the, on the court, man. Uh, I caught the ending of their game last night. Uh, that was wild. Uh, J dub. Holy cow. Like, 
that that dude that dude's kind of like he to me he feels that sort of ant the anthony edwards like archetype in terms of like the style he's just this big dude who can who's on his way to to being a great three-point shooter but more or less but he, he really like thrives on defense and that dude can get to the basket so that was really cool and then obviously uh sga's like kobe-esque uh, you know, ten footer fade fade away to to put them ahead with 0.9 seconds left. It feels like something like that almost every night could happen. Um, and they play uh, in transition really well, and the defense is there, so it's exciting to watch them play these days. When I hop in the league pass on any given night, I love the love for for Jay Will uh, and you talking about him and just how huge Jay Dub or Jay Will he's got. J Dub, J, J Dub, right? J Will's great right? too. <laughs> okay, which great. which one J Dub? I believe. Which one is the big small guy, and which one is the small big guy? Uh, J Will is the small big guy. J Dub is the big small guy. J Dub okay. is okay. Santa Clara. Jalen Williams, yes. and yes. J Will is Arkansas. So, yeah, at any point okay. that last night they had Kenridge Williams, Jalen, both Jalen Williams <laughs> on the court, and I was like, it's ah. always so fun. Always so fun. Williams, all three of them <laughs> turn their heads. <laughs> but you talking about just how much of a beast Jalen Williams is uh, just made me think how the MCU is in a tough tough place right now and they could use an infusion of some new blood get that guy in there as a superhero he looks like a freaking action figure <laughs> let's man. go he really does he's like a linebacker play. he could just play himself he could play the the, the thunder <laughs> i don't know thunder man <laughs> that would work right yeah um yes. i i want to give a little shout out to the uh the, the sacramento kings i still really enjoy watching them on on league pass i know jason probably disagrees but uh their their style of offense, their style of play. Look, they're not you know they're they're not locking anybody down on defense, but uh, De'Aaron Fox is just really 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 fun to watch. And uh, Keegan Keegan Murray had twelve threes last night. I don't know if you guys caught that. Went twelve for fifteen. He started the game twelve for thirteen Wait. from three. Wait, what? in three quarters I, I he could have beaten the record, but they pulled him out. Yeah, Mike Brown pulled him out in the fourth quarter. He was draining from three. So they're they're fun. They're fun to watch. Um, Jay, any any like rapid fire teams you would add to the list before we move on? So my definition of a league pass team is that they are not actually like good. That they're not in like the top four or five of their conference. They have to be like not good, but still watchable and like fun to check in on. I'm gonna say it. I'm it's the I still love watching the Pistons, dude. Seriously? I love watching them. Oh, yeah, it's just sad for me. I mean I mean, I don't love watching them against like philly or the bucks when they're losing by 30 but like at normal games they're really fun to watch it's like it's now it's like riveting just to like see, see like, people people good watch be the night. bad because it's right. riveting yeah. and yeah. sad and dark and watching people's lives fall apart is that why you're saying you like to watch the distance jay you love well, it. it's, it's just like it's tonight the night like is it finally gonna happen um and, no are they finally uh, no. going to break the Break the twenty-six game loss record. <laughs> can they do it? Yes, they right can. There. But I still, I really like watching the the you know the Greek god, uh, Jalen Duran, and you know I just I like their players. I like their players. Yeah, their players are fun, man. A, can we just get a Greek god team going of all Jalen's, Jalen Duran, Jalen Williams? Ooh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Jalen Rose. Uh, for me, uh, it's uh, sorry, go ahead, Zach. Indiana again. Perfect. Good vibes team. 
yeah. league pass team. They're not in the top four or five, so I think it counts. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out the Blazers if we're going off Jay's definition. I know this is kind of a, a weird take, but the Blazers are kind of fun to watch, man. Like Scoot has started to to, to come alive a little bit, but Shaden Sharp just floats in the air. Anthony Simons is legit. I know Zach's been on Simons train for a while. He's super fun to watch. Um, they're not good. <laughs> they're not good at basketball, but they're definitely a, a fun team to watch. Let's flip it. Rapid fire. Worst team to watch. Worst league pass team. Who you guys got? So I'm just confused now about what the definition is. It's whatever you want it to be, man. It's whatever you oh, want I'll it to be. You, this one's easy. This one's Who easy. do you not like watching? Because I've got several teams yeah. that I don't enjoy this is watching. the easiest question in the world. It's the Wizards, and it's not even close. That's, that's a good not one. Not even close. <laughs> if it wasn't for Koulibaly, there would be no reason to watch this team at all. I wouldn't have watched a single minute of them. Uh, they have. I thought they would like have at least like a middling offense. But they're like 22nd in offense, and they're the worst team in, on defense in the league. It turns out Jordan Poole is not a good basketball player. He's not good at all. Uh, you know, we talked about Draymond and the punch and then not apologizing for the punch really. Well, I don't condone violence, but, you know, maybe he deserved it a little. He deserved it. <laughs> I just, so just some Jordan Poole stats. Uh, I think I've said this before, but. Strong Nick Young vibes. That's how I feel about Jordan Poole. Um, he has a 10 PER. League average is 15, by the way. This is a guy who's supposed to be a leader of a team. Woof. He has a negative VORP and negative win shares. I didn't even know you could have offered negative wins to your team. And, of course, after Andrew Wiggins, who we already talked about, he has the second worst uh, plus minus in the league. Um, and somehow, you would never guess this, the the stats say that the plus minus says that he's worse on offense than he is on defense. So, sorry, Jordan Poole. I, I got to lay it on thick, man. But you're making the Wizards uh, pretty hard to watch on League Pass. Do you guys remember that video of, of Wiggins and Jordan Poole after they won the championship talking about, like, you're going to get the bag, you're going to get the bag, we're both going to get the bag. You guys remember this? My, how the, <laughs> the, the turntables uh, for both of them, unfortunately. Um <laughs> Yeah, there are I, I I I it pains me to say this for Chase and Dan because the Jazz and I I am saying this legitimately, they were one of my most fun teams to watch last season. I really, really loved watching them. They have a great broadcast. It has been so brutal this season, man. Like they're just not they're just not fun to watch anymore. They're bottom ten in offense and defense. At least I at least expected them to be better on offense. I know marketing has been kind of in and out of the lineup, but it just that's another one that just makes me sad. Like it's been it's been so so rough to watch, man. It's 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 been uh, rough times in Salt Lake City that way. Simone Fontecchio has been a bright spot lately. He's been going off. Italian he's import. Been he's, off. he's been he's been going off, man. And he's and he's making the rounds. He even he even uh, he even got a mention on uh, the Zach Lowe pod, which is kind of fun. But uh, Lowry's back, you know. So starting to feel like okay, like our our you know our general our, our fearless leaders there. Not not many different outcomes, so something's going to give eventually. And the latest kind of chatter is that you know Jordan Clarkson, it might be time to to ship him out. Uh, not a ton of legitimacy to those rumors in terms of like authentic sources, but uh, that's that's where things are going because of how bad things are. That's the talk of the town. Hey, if that frees up some time, some more minutes for Keontae George, I'm all for it, man. 
Yeah. He's the bright Ooh. spot in the season. Same. Yeah, for sure. So but the 30 points a couple nights ago, and he's moving the ball. We're very high on Keontae right now. We're very excited about him. I also want more minutes for Taylor Hendricks. He hasn't looked yeah, great, but I still see like all of the things you want from a from a like a wing forward guy in the NBA. Yeah, he needs to watch some of that J Dub highlight tape and uh and then keep doing that. Can we just give some props to the Bulls for not winning this award? Because pre Zach Levine injury, it was theirs on lock, unanimous, I You're feel right. like. I love watching the, them now, man. Yeah, the spite has saved them. <laughs> and also, like, I also think the one thing that might have saved them even before is that their broadcast rules. Um, that the, the video of the Jokic injury, where their broadcast was were so angry that Jokic was getting thrown out of the game. Uh, that was awesome. I'm, I'm so proud of the Bulls. They always they continue to have like just a good soul as a franchise, even if they have not done like much right in the last few years. Was that the one where the, the the one of the play callers like said each of the referees by name, like calling them out? I don't remember that, but it I wouldn't be been. surprised because they're good. It was amazing. I think I, I can't remember. I recall a game. I think it was. I think it was that game where <laughs> that that you could you could it, the play callers were livid. It was bad. Bad call. Well, that's a good uh, transition into the most mid team award. Because uh, or superlative because uh, Chicago, I think, definitely would have been on that list a few weeks ago. Um, I'm going with the Toronto Raptors for this for this superlative. Uh, they're just like, I don't know, they're 10 and 15 right now. So you, I don't even know if you can call them mid, but just watching them night to night, like, you know, they're they're not like super fun to watch. I know Scotty's been a revelation this uh, or he's definitely upped his game this season for sure. But they're just uh, they're just kind of floating along, man. Like they're in the playing race, kind of in the East, but I don't have a, a ton of faith that they're going to do anything unless Masai is serious about making moves. And I definitely think it's time for them to consider that strongly. At least Siakam, if they want to try to to keep OG, that's great. But Siakam's got to go. He's a great trade chip right now. Go get some young assets. I was going to say the Pelicans. Um... Because they've had, they've been really great, but they've also been truly terrible. Biggest game of the season, they lost by forty-four. Um, <laughs> to who? Jay? So that, who did they lose to again? Oh, um, Clippers. Lakers. That... Um, oh, Lakers. Okay. Yeah, little, 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 little upstart team out of LA. Um, uh, but the record is actually like pretty solid, and if they weren't in the West, they like would probably be a solid playoff team. But they're, I think, they're ninth right now at fifteen and eleven. Um, so that's just brutal, brutal conference. You took that. You took that right out of my mouth. They're just like middle of the road. Everything that would they're they're my pick. Like their offensive and defensive ratings are both kind of hovering around twelve to sixteen. Like they're just very the definition of mid, and they're the definition of mid in regards to any league pass team that I feel like tuning into. It's like, is Zion going to show up tonight? Like Brandon Ingram, he's consistent. Like he's going to get buckets, right? So you know. I know what I'm going to get there at least, but I don't know if I'm going to see a win or, and I don't, and I don't know if I'm going to see anything uh, else really of note uh, happen that night other than Jose Alvarado being mouse in the house and, uh, and uh, you know, them trying to, trying to scrape for wins in the Western conference. All right. Best smile. This is happiest season so far happiest mo or sorry happiest moment of the season so far jay let's kick it over to you this was your superlative that you added which i love what, what do you have for us 
Yeah, I figured we should use some like classic high school ones. Um, uh, you know, I can't not it, I, I can't not say something from the in season tournament. Um, but I thought about the Pacers game where they actually won it. But actually, I think my biggest smile happened during that Pelicans game um, because they just the Le- LeBron was just on a completely different level and showed that he's, uh, and, and the team was just so stoked about everything that was going on. And to see them not play with their food, but just absolutely bury a team, a team that I have had personal issues with their uh, fan base and, and Twitter accounts the last few years, um, that felt really great. Um, I thought about making it a rule that you can't pick something from your own team. Um, uh, and if that was the rule I would have picked that victor game against the suns um when they beat the suns in the first i think maybe second second third week of the season when he just went off and was balling out um that was incredible i liked where you're going at the beginning uh for me it had to be the indiana game versus the celtics and i like the celtics uh but just the sheer joy and the atmosphere in that game the way the indiana bench reacted in the fourth quarter to every play uh, that happened when, when Halliburton hit that 28 foot three, got fouled by Jalen. Um, and then when Neesmith had the dunk to basically seal it at the end, like they were just going crazy on the bench. Everyone was smiling. Tyrese of course is Mr. Good vibes. He's smiling. He's yelling. It was fantastic. It put a smile on my face. Even when I was kind of, you know, like if well, the Celtics win, that's good too. You know, <laughs> All right, let's let's go just for the sake of time. Let's move to our last superlative, which is class clown. I love that Jay added like the legit high school ones. Which, by the way, you guys want to know what my what what award I won in high school my senior year? Most likely to have ten kids. Most likely to have ten kids. (laughs) No way. Yeah, that was a real one. Guess what? I stuck it to them because I only have three kids, and we're done. Okay, we're not going anywhere near (laughs) ten. Most likely to have ten kids. Three like, is kind of the new 10, if you think yeah. about it. It feels like that <laughs> most, most days. Um, what do you guys have for uh, for Class Clown? Is it Draymond Green? <laughs> is there another answer? Actually, yeah, mine is Draymond Green. Because <laughs> it's kind of now to the point where, like, you know, he w- in high school, he was, the cool, he was a cool kid. He kind of bullied some people, but you kind of laughed at it, even though you thought it was kind of messed up. He punched Jordan Poole in the face, and you're like, ah, well, yeah, but it's just Draymond being Draymond. But Jordan sucks. Uh, and what? now you're running into him. <laughs> yeah, but Jordan sucks. You're running into him as an adult now, and he's still making all the same jokes and is the exact same person, and it's just really sad. And he works at the grocery store. Down. That's He is the class clown. <laughs> I'm the best the person in the whole clown. town. <laughs> Chicken Draymond, oh man, Chicken Brent. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. I I was gonna say um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out Anthony Edwards. I think is a is a good choice for this award. Like he's or the superlative. He's just like positive class clown. Yeah, he's just like funny man. Like everything he does is just like he jokes around with his teammates all the time. Anytime he gives an interview, it's just it's must watch TV. Like he's just he's just a funny guy all around. Really really entertaining. Yeah, somewhere between the two, like somebody who is a clown and also like legitimately funny at times is Dylan Brooks. Like, like that's a good one. That's a really we actually like one. can laugh at what he does now. Like, um, because he's not being like a detriment to his team or whatever. Like <laughs> legit funny. Like I hate it, but <laughs> so good. 
All right. Well, that was that was super fun. Thank you guys for for bringing the heat. We're gonna wrap things up with uh, with Jason's mud pie moment of the week. Jay, what sloppiness have you prepared for us today? I mean, look, like we've t- we're gonna make it a make it a. It's gonna be like Beetlejuice, where you talk about Draymond three times and he appears. Um, and, but, Do you think he'd ever come uh, on our pod, dude? I bet he actually would. <laughs> I, <laughs> Huge would have fans. To get bad. It'd be a huge get for us. Um, I would love to do a pod with him. It'd be so fun. It would be um, fun. I don't, I don't know how done. I feel about it because I know I'd end up really liking him and then be like, oh, oh yeah. 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 Um, I, I do hear behind the scenes really quick, Jay. People love like love him. Like People oh, want him to run for office. Like yeah. They see him doing that. Yeah. And look, I here's the, here's the thing. I've obviously been one of his biggest fans. He is a miracle of a player. Like when you look at his career, like he came into the league as an absolute tweener. It was like, it's just a guy who was good in college, but had, had, we had every reason to believe was going to fall out of the league after a couple of years. He was like the 35th pick. No idea. He seemed like he was kind of like a scorer in college. Um, did not know what his value was going to be. One David Lee injury later, and he's the second best player on a championship team that season as like a third year player. He's a miracle. Um, and he's one of the five defining players of the last 10 to 15 years of the NBA. Um, but, and, and so that's what's made him so easy for me to defend for so many years, along with the likability and everything that we're talking about, is that he was so good. And he is so good. My thing here on this last one, I was trying to think of like why this last one this week pushed me over the edge with him. And it's, it's something that happens in my work where I'm like, look, I don't judge you for the things that you do, but if you BS me on the explanation, um, if you, if I know you're lying to me when you just don't need to, and it's like not even a good lie, like that's what pushes me over the edge. And this one is just, his explanation is that Nurkic was pulling on his hip and he decided to quote swing away and accidentally hit him in the face to sell uh, the foul, was, right? Is what he said. Yeah, he was like, trying, was trying to, to sell the foul, which like there was no, there's honestly no foul there anyway. Like he was like away from the play. It was just all kinds of stuff. Like that's a BS explanation that just, it just offends me. It's just insulting at this point. Like just own it, man. You've been owning it all these years. Just own it. Um, it, it just made me really, really, really disappointed. Um, I don't, I don't know that he necessarily needs like therapy. I think he just needs to be humbled for a second um, when it comes to all this. And just, he needs to know that this is over the top. Um, And I honestly, what really bums me out is I feel like this behavior is sort of what Zach hinted at, which is whenever things have gone bad for the Warriors the last 10 years, they've had a little, either a silver lining or an explanation or an excuse or a reason to think things were going to get better. Right, they lose in 2016. He's on his phone in the parking lot, bringing Kevin Durant to town, and everything turns around and they dominate the league. Um, in 19, 20, 21, you can blame all that on injuries. Um, they lose in the finals because of injuries. 20 and 21, they're still not really healthy. Um, that's injuries. Um, and then they win the championship. So they they were always justified in thinking things were going to get better. Now. I don't know that they have that. And you're starting to see maybe just a little bit of desperation 
little bit of feeling like the feeling like the end is in sight in Warriors Land, um, and especially for Draymond his career. Um, and so, but this is when they need to show good character. This is when you need to be a classy organization. This is when you need to be. Um, this is when you need to 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 just bow out gracefully. Like the end comes for all of us at some point. Like it came, you know, it came for Kobe's career. It came for Michael's career. It will come at some point for LeBron's career. Um, it came for the piston, the you know, the bad boys Pistons. Like it came for the Celtics. It came for the Showtime Lakers. Like they all the 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 time came when it was over. It came for the Spurs, and every single one of those teams, from what I re- remember, bowed out semi gracefully. Like they just kind of went. You know, they they did their best. They went down swinging, but not swinging like Trayvon does. Um, and this group needs to needs to do that. I mean, Steph isn't isn't done, um, but this group together needs to kind of get it together, you know, and fight for the fight for this core uh, in a way that doesn't like show that they're you know flailing and that you know towards the end. I don't know. It's it's just it's get it's gotten ridiculous and and they were so likable too for so many years. I know that like. They weren't likable for people whose teams they beat, um, but they played with joy and they played defense. And Steph, I mean, Steph is, hasn't lost any bit of likability to me, but, um, but the rest of them, it's just, it's tough. It's tough right now. Get it together. Snaps. Yep. I love your flailing, uh, you know, analogy there. The it's time nice. there. Yeah, I, I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> the word guy saw, saw that. <laughs> I wonder if Weird it's Mary. hard for them to get it together or to really accept the mortality when they look at Steph and he's still top five player in the league. And they're like, no, we, we still have a chance with this guy. So we have to do everything we can. I don't know what the move is for the for the Warriors. I don't think they can move on from Clay or Draymond, at least not until the offseason. But... It just it's it the is young kind guys, of man. It's got to be right. It's got to be yeah. moving on for some of the young guys. For for a guy who has not liked Steph, not as a person, but or even as a basketball player, but just because he's taken out my teams over and over again, um, it is disappointing to see the last few years of his highest ability, the peak of his abilities, go to waste as they look like they might if this core stays together. Uh, I don't really know what the path forward is, but whenever you see greatness, you want greatness to persist in some form or another. Uh, so I hope I hope Steph's able to do that, maybe ironically, after all I've said about him over the years. All right, dudes. Another uh, banger of an episode. Always appreciate the chance to, to you know connect with you guys on a Sunday morning. This has been beautiful. And we'll yeah, a good do one, it again so. next week. We're going to get our Christmas Let's episode going this next week, which is going to be Christmas dynamite. extravaganza, baby. Let's go. That's what oh, we did. That's, that's right. I forgot. That's what we called it. Yeah, this is going to be fun. That'll be, that'll be rad. I have the lights up. I'm ready. Ooh. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs>